Stand to your feet. We're going to read Psalm 23 again. I think you probably have it memorized by now, but we'll save the test for next week. I'm going to let you go ahead and say it. Ready? Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me. Father, we thank you for this great scripture you've given us, this picture of you taking care of us and loving us. I pray this morning, Lord, for everyone who is anxious about whether you're for them or not. I pray that they'd be confident when they leave. I pray that you transform their mind. I pray that anyone, Lord, who's wondering if you have the capability of healing them, God, I pray that they be confident when they leave. I pray for anyone, Lord, who's anxious about your ability to provide for them, Lord, I pray that they be confident when they leave today. You're all those things to us, Lord. Remind us today through your word how faithful you really are. Transform our minds, renew them today because we were here together looking into your word We thank you for it in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Last week, we dealt with, um, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We dealt with that. Last week, David was still using, uh, still indicating that God was leading, leading him, leading He's the good shepherd. He was still leading. We weren't just walking through the valley. God was, he was leading us through the valley. And we dealt with the idea that God was not leading us from one bad thing to another, but one, but one field, one, one green pasture to another. That God is not in a cyclical uh, masochist relationship with you where he's just punish, 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 bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. And every now and then he gives you a rest. No, the good shepherd is leading you to produce righteousness in your life. So he leads you from one place of supply. And, and at times it's necessary to walk down through the valley to get to another place of supply. We talked about that last week. In verse 5, though, it seems like, um, like the illustration changes. David was talking about shepherd and sheep and leading sheep and how the shepherd is good and protective and supplies and all those things. And now he's talking about preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So the sheep illustration has gone and he's now switched to the banquet illustration. Unless you happen to be one of like three people who have sheep in your house eating from your kitchen table. Good for you. The, um, 
This is a little bit different than the concept we deal with uh, in the United States, Americanized uh, thinking. In David's time, uh, it would not be uncommon for someone to invite somebody in a dry place or in a valley that had, that had maybe run low on supplies or, or was walking through a difficult place. It would not be uncommon for them to invite them in and prepare stuff things for them, prepare supply for them. We're going to talk about that. That's a little bit different than how we think today. We're like, oh, you know, we're going to pray for you, get some help. But David uses this illustration and people in his time would have, would have recognized it for what it was. And actually in that culture today, in the Bedouin culture, this, this is still uh, a good context. They would understand how this works. And, and many uh, military people actually called a good friend of mine, Joe Hatcher, who's watching this morning, who is also on our team. He runs our safety team. Come on, give it up for Joe Hatcher. He's at uh, Fort Detrick Fire Department this morning. Keeping people safe. I, I called him about this the other day and I asked him if this was still true. He's been deployed to Afghanistan in that area, uh, I think about five times. And I said, hey, I remember reading this in a book but I just want to confirm that it was true that, that if, that if a, a village takes you in, the village chief would, would be responsible for you. And he said, no, 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 it's absolutely true. And, and he said, we had seen that happen when we were deployed. So David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. So we're going we're gonna to look into the picture David was describing. He's really describing a banquet. Now all through scripture, there's the image of banquets. There's the, there's the feast all the way at the end. There's, there's the image of, of God preparing a banquet table for us. And David uses some of this imagery. And he says, hey, he prepares a table before me. So the... So in the, we haven't come out of the valley yet. We're still in a difficult circumstance. But David uses the illustration of a table. He says he's preparing a table. He's preparing a feast, a banquet, and, I, and David's the guest at the banquet. And so, so there's a couple of things you have, to, you have to understand about when somebody like this would prepare. Um, they, would, they would do it. How many of you, um, how many of you have difficulty with some people? Just rate, rate, could we be just transparent here? The difficulty with just maybe one person, some of you two, some 30. So, so it, it would be like, it could be like somebody you were having difficulty with inviting you in. Follow me with this. And then putting aside all the difficulty and lavishing abundance on you. Now, that doesn't make sense to you, but that is exactly what God is doing to us. Because what you have to remember is, we were one time enemies of God. There was enmity between us and God. There was difficulty, there was sin that separated us. And God, David is painting the picture that God went before us and prepared a table and he fixed all the problem before we got there. So you know what that tells me? 
That tells me when I show up to the banquet, the problem that God and I had before I got to the banquet has already been fixed. Not just by me, but because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He sent Jesus on the cross so I could get to the banquet and have a good time. Amen? So it's very customary. Even they would, in, in that part of the world, even as, as in the last 10 years, they would invite, the, invite somebody they disagreed with into their, and if I invited you in, I'm putting all of that stuff aside. Can I tell you right now that if God has invited you in, he has already put it aside. And he may be waiting on you to do that. Here's what I started figuring out about about myself. God forgives me a lot quicker than I forgive me. Every time. God forgives me a lot quicker than I forgive me. So God prepares a table and I stand outside and go, hey man, I ain't worthy of that. And he said, I already paid for it all. I'd like you to come in. And I said, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I'm good enough to do that. You know what I did last week? You know what I did last summer? You know what I, you know what I thought about yesterday? You know all these things. And so I don't think I'm worthy enough. And he said, I've already set all that stuff aside. And we know God is a good forgetter. Do you realize God forgets more stuff than you could ever imagine? So, well, God never forgets everything. No, it says that he will put your sin as far as the east is from the west and not remember it anymore. So when you show up, that thing that's been eating at you that you asked for forgiveness for and he already forgave you, but you can't forgive yourself. When you show up to the banquet, when you're walking through a difficult place and he creates a banquet for you and you show up, he's already put that aside. He's already forgot it. So he prepares a table for you. His supply is evident. The banquet's been set. We're the main guest. This is not a pit stop to take a potty break. This is not to get a happy meal at McDonald's. Dave is describing a banquet in the valley. In the place you least expected. Where the most chaos could happen. He prepares a banquet. God is providing all we need according to his ability. Isaiah 58, 11 says it like this. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. I like the way he says that. He says the Lord will guide you continually. That means even when you're walking through the valley, he's still guiding you. And he says he will continually satisfy your desire in scorched places. You know what that means? It can't get bad enough that God can't supply for you. And he will make your bones strong. Amen? Amen. Psalms 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Psalm 107, verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. You're getting a picture here that even walking through the valley, God is still providing, he's still giving good things. He's still, he's preparing a table. He's preparing a banquet for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Paul says he's going to make sure you have enough to do what he called you to do. 
Even when you're walking through the valley, when you think it can't get any worse, you find God showing up with all that you need. Now, I'm going to, would you be offended if I rearranged? Can you put verse five back up there? Would you be offended if I rearranged it just a little bit? Because, um, not because I think it was written wrong, but I think it wasn't written in chronological order. So here's what, here's kind of what, what, what happened. So you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So if you, so if you're invited to the banquet, you're going to come in and you're going to find out the enemies are in there after you come in. Does that make sense? But before you come in, when you're coming in, it was customary that they would anoint you with oil. Now, I know, I've said it before here, I know all of you essential oil people are like, finally, the Bible is just supporting everything we do. We're still anointing Chris. We've been doing it for years. And we're just rubbing people down with oil when they come to our house. I'm not coming to your house getting rubbed down with oil. They had a reason they did it back then. They all smelled bad. I'm going to take a shower before I come to your house. I don't need any more oil. So what happens is this, before you came in, you're, you've likely walking through the valley. You probably got some abrasions. You got some bumps and bruises. Come on. Some of you walked through this year. You got beat up a little bit. I remember, I think 2016 was, was a year that we got just beat up. Personally, I just felt beat up like beyond beat up. Like, are we even going to make it through the valley? A beautiful image that, that David writes about is that he anoints you before you come into the tent. Before you would even enter into the banquet, they're going to make sure you smell good. The stench of sin is off of us. The stench, the stench of doubt is off of us. The stench of, the stench of, of fear is off of us. He's going to anoint us with oil before we come in. If you, if you've fallen down and you, and, and you bruise yourself, he's going to, he's going to put the anointing oil on that. If, if you've got some abrasions, he's going to make sure those things are healed up. And, and the image that David puts on here, he says, before you even get in the banquet, he's going to make sure you understand that healing is taking place. So I'm going to tell you something. You may be walking through something that's difficult, but God's ability to heal you and restore you and make your soul healthy has never been any stronger than it is today. And he, David, is showing us that even, even walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the healing power of God is there. The restoring power of God is there. The, the, the power to heal your soul is there. And he doesn't have to pour oil all over you today to do it. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus atoned for our healing. It, it, it gives us the ability to go to God in Jesus' name and say, I need you to touch me today. We talked last month about James, how he said the intimacy in a church is so important because we can get together and we can confess our sins to one another and we can say, hey man, I need healed. And that's the same picture before we walk into the banquet, we can get together and say, listen, we can be healed in Jesus name. Amen. So come on, you got a couple scrapes on you this year. You know why? He anoints you with oil is so important because he's not telling you to suck it up before you sit down and eat. He's not telling you to do that. 
He's not telling you you're less of a Christian because you got scraped up. He's not telling you that he loves you any less because you fell down. He's not telling you. He's saying before you even come in and eat, I'm going to make you whole. You notice, you notice they didn't bring their own oil with them. This is not about you being macho or you being, having all the answers. They didn't bring the, they didn't say they brought their own oil and then he anointed them with it. No, he said he provided all of it. And so you show up broken, beaten down. I don't know what to do, but it seems like you prepared something for me. And he says, before we go in and eat, I just want to make you whole. Come on. Before we even walk into the tent and sit down. God just wants to wrap his arms around you and anoint you and make sure all the scrapes are healed up. Make sure all the, the hurt is healed up. Make sure the fear is gone. And so he anoints us. He says, it's going to be okay. You're walking into my tent now. It's going to be fine. I need you to understand this morning that God has the power to heal any hurt you have experienced, whether it was 20 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, I was going to say a hundred, but I don't think we're with those type of people yet. Jeremiah 30 verse 17, for I will restore health to you and your wounds. I will hear heal declares the Lord. Psalm 147, three, he heals the broken heart and binds up their wounds. Here's what I figured out by, about myself. I can either be tough or be healed. You don't go hand in hand. I can't walk into the bank and going, hey man, I got this. Don't, don't worry about it. I either let him anoint me or I don't. Somebody will say amen if I stand here long enough. God wants you to be whole. Oh, let me say this. The fact that you're walking through a valley doesn't mean you're missing something. Did you hear me? The fact that you're walking through a valley right now doesn't mean necessarily you did something wrong. The fact that you're walking through a valley doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. The fact that you're walking through a valley doesn't mean the shepherd loves you any less. It doesn't mean that God is punishing you for something. It just means that he's walking you from one place to another and there happens to be a valley in between it and he wants to prove to you that in the valley he can supply, he can heal, he can protect, he can do all those things just like he could in the pasture. There's no limit to God because of the road you're walking. There's no, there's no place on your journey that God goes, oh, I can't go down there. He's with you and leading you. It says he go, he's preparing a table before me. If he's preparing it, that means he already went down. He's there before you get there. He's got the oil ready. He's got the healing ready. He's got the provision ready. All you have to do is show up. And guess how you show up? Sometimes you show up busted up. Sometimes you show up tired. Sometimes you show up feeling inadequate. Sometimes you show up and and you don't know what to do. And he says, I'm here. Just show up. So here's something else that's, that's crazy. So for someone in David's day to host a banquet and prepare a table, for you meant that they had set aside enmity between the host and the guest. And they see, assume all responsibility for the safety and security of the guest. So we already talked about God removes all hostilities between us and him through Jesus. But now the important thing is you have to remember God alone is your security. I remember, I'm gonna be real honest with you. Can I, can I be, Nat talks about being transparent. I had a security blanket when I was a kid. Anybody else? Oh, you're tougher than me, you think you're funny. 
Now, I remember having one. I wore it. It had a little satin. Uh, that was back in the 70s. Probably don't even let kids have satin nowadays. Probably dangerous. <laughs> it was knitted and it had a satin thing around the side. And I mean, I was devastated when that thing got too old. But now God does things for me that a blanket can't. God does things for me that money can't. God does things for me that job security can't. God does things for me that nobody here on this planet can. And that's secure my future. He promised he'd keep me. That the work he started me, we talked last week, the work he started me, he would finish. He promised, he said, I would go before you and prepare a place. And if it wasn't so, I would have told you. So he's already went before me and prepared. He's already said he could keep me. He's already said he could protect me. And David is painting that picture. He's saying he went, once he invites you into the banquet, you're his responsibility. You can't protect yourself, but he has taken it on himself to make sure you're protected. It's his job to keep us. Psalm 91 I heard a good mutual friend of Nat and mine, Dan Carver, preach Psalm 91 in Kenya over and over. And he did a wonderful job. If you don't mind, I'm going to read the whole thing. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. It's the same thing David's talking about in the 23rd Psalm. You're walking in to the king's shelter. You're walking into God's shelter. And he provided a table, a banquet before you. And in Psalm 91, he's talking about, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge as faithfulness as a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. He said, if you'll walk in and sit down at the table, he'll protect you. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near you, near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot because he holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So here's what I want to let you know. He will be faithful to keep you. David says this, and this is, I, I just thought this was a little strange. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I thought, well, why don't you just kill them all, Lord? It'd be a lot easier. Just kill them. You ever thought about that with all your people you argue with on Facebook? Delete them from Facebook, not the killing part. That was Old Testament. Wouldn't it be fun growing up in the Old Testament? Just kill them, Lord. That's my prayer for today. Kill them all. 
Now we're sophisticated grace people. So we're like, ban them from Facebook, Lord. That's all I'm asking. Just get them blocked from Facebook. It would be awesome. I thought, why would he do it in the presence of enemies? Why would he do that? Why? Because I don't know about you, but if I was sitting at a table, I think I would tend to be nervous if the enemy was sitting there with me. Don't you think? The enemy was like right there around me. I think I would be a little bit nervous. I I started thinking about why David would write that. Why God would prepare a table before me with enemies present. Why would it look like that? I'd like to present you with this. I think God's validating his relationship with you in front of the enemy. I think God's looking at Satan going, you can't get to him. I'm going to let you see him, but I want you to see me with them. They're in my tent. They're eating my food and they're under my safety. You can't touch them. So it is inherently, it is so important. It's critical for you to believe that. You know why? Because here, here's a why. If you're sitting there and the enemy's sitting there, there's a chance for accusations. There's a chance to bring up your history. There's a chance. And I believe God is sitting there at the table with us and he's saying this. There is no accusation to be made because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So even if the enemy is in your presence, he can't accuse you. I'm going to say it again. Even if you're in the presence of the enemy, he cannot accuse you because you're in the master's tent. No, 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 no. You're sitting at this table. This is my guest. You'll keep your mouth shut. If you are believing things that are being said about you, it's not because God verified them. Because he's sitting there going, there's no validity to it. Stop believing it. So he's sitting there at the table with you saying, not true. You can't accuse them anymore. If we're honest with ourselves, we don't forget things very well, do we? So the enemy tries to bring up the past. And I told you, God forgets better than anybody. He already forgot what you asked for forgiveness for yesterday. And he'll forget what you asked for forgiveness for today. He's doing it in the presence of the enemy to prove that you're his. And that every demon around knows to stay away. Amen? Come on, the band's going to come up. I'm going to leave you one more thought. There's one little thing at the end that I think is so important. So, He says, um, he says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He anoints my head with oil, but then he leaves you on verse five. He leaves you with one little phrase, my cup. I like it when you add the TH, don't you? Runneth. My cup runneth over. You know what I started figuring out about my life? God wasn't struggling to just get me there. Like, oh, Chris, we're just going to make it. Like, if you just hang it in there, we'll just make it. And right at the end, we'll be like, woo, we made it. 
David is describing in your deepest valley, there'll be more than enough. A cup. If you were going thirsty, you wouldn't pour cup in a wa- water in a cup until it ran over. That would be wasteful. Come on. You'd be... You'd be cherishing every little drop. But David is painting a picture that in a dry, thirsty land, in the presence of the enemy, God will supply enough for you to just be able to run the cup over because it doesn't matter. Because there's enough. There's more than enough. So maybe you're walking down through this valley and you're thinking, Lord, I don't know how you're going to forgive me for this. There's enough forgiveness for you right now. Enough forgiveness for you. I don't care what it is that your maybe your family hasn't forgiven you. Maybe maybe you haven't forgiven yourself. There's enough forgiveness for the cup to run over. You're not going to wear it out. You're not going to exhaust it. There's enough. There's enough healing. I don't care how sick you are. I don't care how bad your soul is broken. I don't care. I don't care how traumatic it was. There's enough. The cup is running over this morning with healing for you. God's not trying to figure out how he's going to, how he's going to do this by his stripes already figured out. If you need healing this morning, I want you to picture a cup running over with enough power by his stripes. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. There's enough. Mm. And if you're walking through the valley thinking you don't have enough, maybe you're wondering how you're going to pay that bill. Maybe you're wondering how you're going to make it next month. Maybe you're wondering if your job's going to be around. Maybe you're going to wonder if... He supplies according to his riches and glory. Remember, the cup is running over. God is not trying to just, oh, we don't have enough for everybody. It's running over. He wants to supply for you. So stand to your feet. I'm going to challenge you with this this morning. If you're walking through the valley, the safest place for you to be is at the banquet table of the king. Your safety is his number one priority. Your healing is his number one priority. Your future, getting to where he has called you to get, is his number one priority. There is no way walking through this valley he is going to let Satan overtake you. No way. No way. So I want to pray over you this morning that you walk out of here believing that, that God has more than enough for whatever circumstance you're in. If it feels like you're sitting at a table with a bunch of enemies, just kick your feet up and realize that God has already established you and you're supposed to be there and there's nothing anyone can do to get you out. That he is enough and has set it up just for you to get you to where he wants you to go. Amen. Let's lift our hands towards him. Father, we thank you this morning. God, for every person feeling like they've been beat up, feeling like they've been bruised and battered, God, feeling like they don't know how they're going to make it, I pray that you breathe encouragement into their lives this morning. I pray that you breathe healing into them this morning. And God, I pray that they would leave knowing that you're more than enough, that you're more than enough for them, Lord. 
that you're all that they need, that you are going to get them where you want them to go. Lord, you're going to do it in a spectacular way that brings you glory. We thank you for it this morning. God, I pray your anointing on these people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church, sing it out. We want to know.